Today's scripture will be from Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 25, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the guile. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. This is the word of God. Good afternoon. It is the final Sunday of 2021. Can you guys believe it? 2021, final Sunday. We're clapping because we're like, yes, it's finally over. Um, Every year, Google releases a document called Ear in Search. I like Ear in Search because it kind of gives me an idea of what the world is searching, what people are asking. Uh, In this document, um, here are some interesting findings about 2021, if 2021 was not interesting enough. Uh, thanks, for, thanks to Bernie Sanders, searches for mittens, mittens uh, reached all-time high in January. Remember this picture, iconic picture of Bernie Sanders? He's sitting there, he's cold. Also, the world search uh, for how to start a business more than how to get a job. That's interesting. For the first time in a long time, the world has searched this question of how to start a business versus how to find a job. Here are some of the top 10 how-to searches uh, that, that we found. Just a few of them. How to be happy alone. So 2021. How to be happy with yourself. How to help a family member with the depression. How to help a teenager with the depression. Also, more than any other year, the search for the word affirmations reached all-time high. Interesting affirmations. And how to maintain mental health was searched more this year globally than ever before. The idea of mental health, the importance of mental health. And it it makes sense, right? Um, Those findings minus Bernie Sanders' mittens tell us a lot about how many of us may be feeling as we wrap up 2021. A few weeks ago, as we're talking about hope in our Advent season, we talked about joy, hope, love, peace of Advent. And I was talking about hope, and I said this, if last year, 2020, was a year of deep despair, we have lost so many lives, adjusting to COVID. I know a lot of people, even in our congregation, that lost a loved one. 2021, this year, can be described as a year of not quite despair, but disappointment. I remember entering 2021, hanging out with pastor friends in this city, and we're talking about how difficult ministry was for 2020, for all of us, for different reasons. I remember talking to to these pastors, Pastor James, Pastor Joel, we're just talking about and anticipating how 2021 is going to be different, thinking how COVID would be behind us by now, and you're looking at, but here we are looking at third year under COVID, and I don't know when this is going to end, right? This, this, this sort of social distancing, people working from home, spending a lot of time um, alone. 
Christmas yesterday felt not very much like Christmas for us. We woke up, uh, you know, I was just so tired. We try to take pictures. We try to get through the day. But, you know, we're just spending time with our, with our kids and my wife. It's good. It's sweet. But we've done that all year. It's, it's been nonstop spending time with these three people. Uh, I wanted to see more people. I wanted to go out and celebrate. It just didn't feel the same. So today I thought I would open up Lamentations chapter 3. And Lamentations chapter 3, if you are not familiar with this book, it is a wonderful prayer book. Uh, it, it is not a dep- it's, it's not a book that will make you depressed. It's actually a fantastic book of prayers. If you are looking for prayers throughout Scripture, wanting to sort of learn how to pray better, I think Scripture is a great place. Psalms does a great job. Lamentations is another one. Lamentations is interesting because it is a it, it is a, a a group of prayers that were written at a time of great challenge and difficulties. The poet who many assume is Jeremiah, the prophet, whoever this poet is, reflects back, in in Book of Lamentations, reflects back on one of the most dark times of Israel, God's people. We know 587 B.C., the very city that God had promised Abraham and later given to David to build God's God's temple, 500, 500 years after the temple was built, the city fell to a great superpower, at the time, Babylon, right? Israel, God called Israel to be his people. Israel continued to sin against God, continued to rob widows and orphans and not really honor the law that God has set out. So God raised up this great superpower, Babylon, to judge Israel for their sins, right? And this, this was the time where the book of Lamentations was written. And the city, Jerusalem, uh, in 587 B.C., was invaded the temple was defiled, and they were robbed. They're young and most talented group of people, right? We know the story of Daniel. This is the story of Daniel as well. So here in our passage in Lamentations chapter 3, as it was read, the poet writes this prayer as a way of processing their suffering and to really encourage not only himself but the nation Israel to not lose hope because it's so easy to lose hope. And I thought we needed this more than ever. I, I think I need this as we enter New Year. New Year doesn't feel like New Year to me. And I was like, I need this prayer. So I thought I would share what I need with you guys. And hopefully this is helpful. So a little bit about the genre and the style of this prayer in Lamentation chapter 3. This style of prayer is called Lament and Protest. Lament and protest. We've talked about this before as we're going through the book of Psalms. In fact, this is one of the most common form of style of prayer that we find throughout Old Testament. Many of us don't pray like this as much. But actually, if you look at throughout the Old Testament, it was the most common way for God's people to come before Yahweh. So what does it mean to protest and lament? We think about protest and lamenting. That we have a certain idea what that is? Is it simply to complain and express our anger and frustration before God? Obviously, I think that's part of lamenting and that's part of processing, part of protesting. But if you look at all these prayers throughout the Old Testament, that's not the primary goal of lament and protest. You see, 
what lament and protest does for us, this style of prayer, it helps us to process suffering that we experience, our grief, our trial, our frustration, and really allows those, allow those experiences to not move us away from God, actually draw us closer to God. So when you look at these prayers that are written throughout the Old Testament of lament and protest, what makes these prayers unique is that they are less about telling God of our needs. Every time we think about prayer, it's, it's sort of, we come with a list of things that we need from God. God, would you provide for my family? God, would you provide for our community? But if you look at uh, lament and protest, what's very unique about this style of prayer, it's less about telling God, that what, telling God what we need, but more about telling God what's happening to us and how we feel about the events in our lives. And so Lamentations 3 is written in that same, same sort of way. And one thing that is really interesting to me is that God gave us these psalms. I mean, some of the psalms that David prays in the book of Psalms, I mean, they sound so theologically misaligned, right? David is crying out, God, where are you? I don't sense you. I don't think you care. My enemy is about to get me, and I feel utterly, totally afraid. And, and we hear these prayers like Lamentations chapter 3 or David's prayer, Psalm 22 and different psalms. And, 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 and it makes me wonder, why would God give us these prayers as Scripture to us? Because there are many lament and protest throughout Scripture. Like, why would God give us these things? And what, what, one thing that really encouraged me as I think about these prayers that are given to us as Scripture is that these prayers help us realize that we have a Creator God who not only cares about our external needs, but one who cares deeply about what's happening inside of us, what's happening with emotions, what's happening with not just externally, but inside of us. And it also reassures me that we have a Creator God who is not only all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, but He is deeply empathetic, deeply empathetic. So friends, this means, even before we go into Lamentation 3, this means you and I as sons and daughters of God, we can pray honest prayers. This means you can really share how you are feeling and even ask questions of why. God, why 2020? Why 2021? Why these events? And none of, none of this is discouraged, just the opposite. These poems of lament and these, these psalms, these prayers of protest and lament throughout Old Testament give us sacred dignity to our suffering. So starting verse 19, if you have your Bibles, open up Lamentations chapter 3. Starting verse 19, um, chapters 1, 2, and all the way to chapter 3 and verse 18, the poet have not only expressed the turmoil that the nation Israel is facing, but also he has acknowledged the fact that we are here because we have failed. We are here because we have sinned against God and His holiness. Right? Yet the, yet the poet says, yeah, this is still hard, God. This is really difficult. And then in verse 21, all of a sudden, for the first time in, in, in these prayers, there is a sudden shift in the voice, in the author's prayer. 
If you look at verse 21, it starts with the word but. Right? All these things are happening. God, I'm struggling. God, it's really hard. God, it's really difficult. I feel like you're not providing. And then in verse 21, he says, but. And the poet says, I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Verse 22, and then he says this beautiful, wonderful lines that we many of us are familiar with. This is what he calls to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then the poet goes to say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. And again, this is a very common pattern that these prayers of lament and protest follow. And again, Lamentations 3 follows the exact same pattern, right? You see, fortunately and unfortunately, too often when we think about our lives and our walk with Jesus, often it's only utter hopelessness that truly leads us, that truly leads God's people to recenter their hearts back onto Him. When you read throughout Old Testament, right, there's this pattern, right? God's people cry out out of misery, out of suffering. God comes to deliver them. And then God's people get comfortable. And then they forget about Lord's faithfulness and they go back to their old, old ways of sinning and God delivers them again, right? You see, throughout Old Testament, you see this flow. Every time God provides and God is faithful, God's people get really comfortable and forget God's ways and God has to come and, and, and they have to cry out to God and, and God rescues. And I feel like that's often pattern that we all struggle with, that we all go through as we walk, walk with Jesus, uh, it's often utter hopelessness that opens a door to true hope. Hopelessness that opens a door to true hope. So as we look back to 2021, as we think about January, February, March of this year, as we think back to all the challenges you faced and still face today, one thing that they do even though we may not like 2021 and we want to move on to 2022, one thing that they do, these experiences, these challenges, they open a door for us to recenter our hope and to recalibrate our affection towards the only one who will not fail us. Yes, we don't like hopelessness. Yes, we don't like trials. Yes, we don't like challenges. But often, these are... God's means of grace to be able to call us back to Him. And COVID sucks. We all know this. I don't have to mention this. COVID is terrible, terrible, and have made so many things harder and difficult. But one thing it has done for me, right, this last two years under COVID, it has helped me realize that there were many unhealthy things that have captivated my affection and my attention. Whether that's relationship, the way I've done relationship, whether that's ministry, what does it mean to be church, what does it mean to grow a church, 
or just who I am, my personhood. COVID, you know, just living life under COVID has made me realize there were some really unhealthy things that, that have captivated my attention and my heart. And really, even though I still don't like COVID, I still would like for us to go back to some sense of normalcy. One thing that it has done for me is it has provided an opportunity to reflect, even if I didn't want to reflect, to repent and to recenter myself and to really recalibrate my affection and my attention to the things that are really important. And here is what gave the poet in our passage what, gi- what gives me courage to be able to reflect and repent and reorient my heart. Here's what the poet says in verses 22 and 23, 24. I'll read it again. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. The word steadfast, if you have, no one has a physical Bible anymore, but if you have a Bible app, you want to highlight steadfast because this is a very important theological word. Throughout Old Testament, whenever you see steadfast love, it's this Hebrew word of hesed, this hesed love. And it's really hard to translate hesed because it's not just steadfast, but the best translation is this idea of long-suffering love. His long-suffering love, God's long-suffering, patient love never ceases. You see, our commitment, our affection, our pursuit, our passion for God may fail. And they probably have failed throughout this pandemic. Our affection for God may have dwindled. But the steadfast love, the scripture says, the steadfast love of Lord never gives up, it never ends. Unlike us, his love is not fickle. His love is not conditioned by how things are going. He is long-suffering, loving God. And the poet says, they are new every morning. That's interesting. Every morning, not once a year, not once a season, not once a month, not once a week. He says, every day, every morning, So this is why, despite all that's happening and how the poet may feel at the time of this writing, he can truly confess, he can earnestly confess, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will hope in him. Notice the poet's hope, his this hope that poet talks about in in our passage is not predicated on what he can muster up. His dedication, his holiness, his passion. It's not about that. We, we often think, when we think about our Christianity, our journey with Jesus, we often assume, or at least think, it's up to us. It is our holiness. It is, it is our ability to practice spiritual disciplines, to read the Bible, to go to church, to pray together, to join community, to serve. Then notice... Lamentations 3, the poet's hope is not, uh, is not dependent on what he can muster up. It is wholly dependent on God's hesed love, loving kindness, and his daily mercies. That's all I have for you today. 
I wanted to actually keep this portion short so that I want to give us some opportunity to pray together. As worship team leads us, I'm going to invite Pastor John and June to the front again. As worship team leads us into these songs, I want to just give us a few moments to actually walk through some of these things that we see in this prayer. And the first topic is let's lament. Let's bring our frustration. Let's bring our questions. Some of us have a hard time doing this, right? When we think about praying, It's hard for us to be honest. We're afraid. We really can't be honest. But when we look at Scripture, this is one of the the most common ways to pray. Let's spend some time being honest before God, being honest with yourself. And if you're frustrated, if you're upset, if you feel like God didn't give you the things that you wanted or, or something didn't happen that you thought would happen or you're angry about something, let's bring it before God. God, And you could say, God, I'm angry. God, I'm frustrated. God, 2021 was rough. God, work is hard. God, this is, let's spend some time bringing uh, these things.
Second prayer. Let's also spend some time reflecting and repenting. Um, repenting, yes, it means to turn around. But before we can turn around and do things differently, I think we need to confess and recognize. And, and, and all of us have handled COVID differently. All of us have handled 2021 differently. Let's come to the Lord um, knowing that His steadfast love never comes to an end. And His mercies are new. They're new every morning. So today we can come and repent and confess and ask God to realign our hearts. We've talked about hopelessness. is the very door that we can enter into hope. Spend a few minutes uh, just repenting before the Lord.
reminded us, God, that you love us, that you've gone before us. So renew us, God, once again. Renew us once again. Lack of love in our lives, lack of compassion. Casual approach to worship, casual approach to glory to God. Here's a final prayer. Um, Final prayer is just declaration, just like the poet in our passage declare, right? It's almost like at the end of this prayer, the poet is preaching to himself. Sometimes I think we need to preach to ourselves. We don't need to hear me preach. I think you need to, you need to preach to your own soul. And, and the message that you need to preach to yourself is what we've kept reading this, this afternoon, right? His steadfast love never comes to an end. God, I may be frustrated with these, these things. I may feel lost. I may be afraid. But Lord, I know that your steadfast love never comes to an end. Lord, I know that you love our family. Lord, I know that you love our parents. I know that you love our children. Lord, I know you love our coworkers. Lord, I know you love the city. We just declare God's steadfast love over our lives. Would you preach to yourself? God, your steadfast love, your mercy are new every morning. So it don't matter what happened yesterday because your mercies are new this morning. Let's declare that together. Let's pray.
Here is the gospel. This is how we wrap up every sermon that we preach here. And this is important because the question in Lamentations 3 is, as we, as we approach Lamentations 3, the question you may have is, well, Pastor, how can you be so sure? How can you be so sure that we can come honestly with the Almighty God and we can repent and we can declare? How can you be sure that His steadfast love endures forever? Friends, this is the gospel. We can come to God and we can confidently ask for His forgiveness because of what Christ has endured for us. If you read Lamentations chapter 3, the first part, verses 1 to 15, I know you can't read this, it's too small. The poet expresses how the nation Israel felt, right? When Israel fell to Babylon and people were exiled to the foreign land, Right? This is how Israel felt. Verse 1, I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. We've been driven into darkness without any light. Though I call and cry for help, but he shuts out my prayer. I become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. Again, this is how the nation Israel as a whole felt. It's a figurative language that the poet is using to describe their feeling, their emotions. Well, friends, our Savior Jesus, this passage describes not figurative language for Jesus, but it's literally what He had to endure for us. Jesus was blindfolded and mocked and beaten with the rod over and over again. Jesus hung, hung on that Roman cross. He became a laughingstock. People came around, spit on his face, mocked him saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. And before Jesus breathed his final breath, we know this through the writers of the gospel, Jesus cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And scripture tells us the father turned his face away. His prayer was shut out. And Jesus was driven into the utter darkness. Yet death did not have the final say. The light came and darkness cannot overcome it. We've been proclaiming this throughout our Advent series. Yes, that did happen. And friends, the most wonderful truth is that Jesus did that for you. Jesus did that for me. So as we wrap up this year, let's be reminded, yes, you may not feel okay. Yes, you may be struggling with something real. Yes, your challenge that you're facing may feel way too hard to overcome. Yes, these things are true. But you know what's even truer than that? Is that Jesus' steadfast love, God's steadfast love for you never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new today. Not yesterday, not last week. They are new today. Therefore, He is our portion. And we can hope again. We can hope in Him again. 
Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful reminder. Because, Lord, we need to be reminded. After a year like 2021, we need to be reminded. When we see the, what's happening in, around the world, what's happening in Ethiopia, what's happening in America, what's happening in this city, and all the terrible news that we hear about all these terrible things, it's so easy to lose hope. It's so easy to just put our heads down and try to survive this season. Yet it is so clear, God, that you have given us this season. Yes, we were wrong. Yes, we've done a lot of wrong things. Yet you have given us this season as a door to hope, true hope. So I pray everyone that's joined today we would seize this opportunity not just to survive another year, not just to survive another month, but to really press into what you want us to see. Press into how you, how you want to shape us through this season. Press into the relationships that you want to strengthen our marriages, our relationship with our coworkers, our relationship with our children, our parents. Lord, you are sovereign. You do not make any mistake. So continue, God, to teach us to hope in you, Lord. Thank you for your steadfast love. Just let me pray.